God, we thank you for your presence here in this place. We thank you for how you move inside of our lives, for how you move inside of our church. But we pray that our hearts would just be open today to receive all that you have for us, to prepare us for what you're wanting to do, where you're wanting to take us, how you're wanting to shape our lives. God, let our lives be a reflection of who you created us to be. We thank you for it in your name. Amen. Amen. You can be seated this morning. Would you let our worship team know how much you appreciate them leading us in worship today? Today, if you'll turn with me in your Bibles to Joshua chapter 1, we're going to be looking at verse 1 through 9. If you don't have a Bible that you need to turn in, you have the electronic kind, you can follow along in the YouVersion app, the Bible app, and you'll see our live event there listed. It has the scriptures and the notes for you to follow along as well. Today we're concluding our series called I Love My City and for the last six weeks we've looked at God's heart for our city and God's command to love our neighbor. Last week's challenge was go and do it. Don't just talk about it. Don't just uh, agree with it. Don't just believe in it but live it out and we looked at three examples of different callings and assignments that God used to transform cities and uh, God's call to love our city and love our neighbor is for everybody, regardless of your personality, regardless of assignment. God has a role for each of us to play. And today I want to share with you God's promise for his people who would dare to step into all that God has for them in claiming the territory that he wants to give them. Today I believe that God not only wants us to love the city of Laramie, but I believe that he wants to give us this city. That God doesn't see this city simply as a medium-sized dot on a map or, or a location pertaining to the state of Wyoming. I believe that God sees Laramie as his city full of people that he created and he loves and that God desires for us to occupy this city for him and to see it become what he desires. Today is a special day in the life of New Life Church. I mentioned earlier, I believe this is a historic day for our church. This evening at 5 o'clock, we're going to gather as a church family to step into a new season as a church. And there's been some great and some miraculous days in the history of our church. And we're going to share with you some uh, this morning, but more tonight. And if you want to receive a copy of the annual report from last year, there's a sign-up sheet in the back. We'll have a couple paper copies uh, this evening, but we won't probably have enough for everybody. So if you want to sign up to, to receive a digital copy of that this afternoon, you can do that. We've got a sign-up sheet at the Connection Center for you. But I want to share a little bit of it today with you, but, but more of, of it with you this evening. I do believe there's been some great and miraculous days for our church in the past. I believe that where God has brought us from in the past year and we're talking specifically today about what he did in 2018, because that is what our meeting tonight will center in. But even beyond that, I believe what God has done and where he's brought us from is, not, is nothing short of miraculous. And I also believe that he's just getting started. I believe that the church is the hope of the world. How many of y'all believe that? That's right. The work of Jesus embodied and lived out through the local church is the hope of the world. It's not just our church. I believe that if every church in Laramie would rise up and fulfill their potential and rise up to be the church, there would be no limit to what the church could do in this city. Amen. New Life Church, I believe we're the hope of Laramie. It's a new day for us, but not just for us. I believe it's a new day for the church, that God wants the church to move forward in this city and to begin to fulfill the things that he's promised to the church. I want to take you to a scripture passage today that I believe not only speaks 
to the idea of loving our city, but I believe also prophetically this morning that it speaks to us as a church about God's desire for us in a new season. So in Joshua chapter 1, we'll read verse 1 through, through 9. Now the, this book immediately uh, is following the death of Moses, uh, the conclusion of Deuteronomy, which is attributed to having been written by Moses, but many people believe that Joshua probably had to write the last few chapters of Deuteronomy since Moses was dead, and God did many miraculous things through him, but writing part of the Bible probably wasn't something that we attribute to what God did through Moses. So probably Joseph, who had been, or Joshua, who had been the right-hand man, wrote the last few chapters and just went on to write his own book, Joshua, beginning in chapter 1. Now you remember Moses, he had led the people out of Egypt. They had received the Ten Commandments. Under Moses' leadership, they had received deliverance from Pharaoh. They had received water from a rock, manna and quail from heaven, and more. They were incredibly miraculous moments, and there were also moments of humanity and failure along the way. The first generation of Israelites to leave Egypt demonstrated repeated unbelief and disobedience to God. And as a result of all of this, most of the first generation and Moses himself were not allowed to enter the promised land. But now in Joshua chapter 1, where we pick up, we have the second generation. And Joshua uh, is here. God's preparing them to finally take hold of what he promised to them. And this is what he says to Joshua in Joshua 1, verse 1 through 9. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people, get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I'm about to give to them, to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon, from the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country, to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous, because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. But keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. As I read this passage of scripture over the last several weeks, I got excited about what I was reading because its words jumped off the page to me. God is telling the people that they're about to see the fulfillment of the promise of God. God had done so much in their great past. He had miraculously brought them from where they were to where they are, but no doubt there were challenges and difficulties along the way. In fact, we know that there were. There were moments when they had doubted if they were ever going to see God do what he said he was going to do. There were some times that they spent wandering around aimlessly as the result of having to reap the consequences of their own actions. But God speaks to Joshua and he says something exciting. He says, come on, get ready. Get ready for what I'm about to do. When I read these nine verses this week and over the last couple weeks, I didn't just read Joshua, get ready. I didn't just read Israelites, get ready. I read New Life Church, get ready, because it's time for you to begin to see the promises of God concerning New Life Church and this city to be fulfilled. I believe that there's some striking similarities between what the people of Israel had gone through and what God was saying to them in Joshua chapter 1 and what our church has gone through and what God would like to say to us today. 
If you look back at the start of the Assemblies of God in Laramie, many of you know the story. Many of you have shared with me details of the story. But you will find that it's nothing less than miraculous. In the 1930s, a young preacher fresh out of Bible college got off a train and began to knock on doors and tell people about Jesus. Not only that, he began to tell them about the power of the Holy Spirit and how sick people could be healed and how God could move in impossible situations. And he didn't just talk about it. He began to pray for people on their front doorsteps and, and miracles began to happen. There was not an Assemblies of God church building in Laramie, so they began to meet in an abandoned church building on the west side of town that still exists today. In fact, a few weeks ago, I was inside the building looking around, and there's still some, some, uh, some evidence of the Assemblies of God having been in that building, even though this was years and years and years ago. There was no heat inside the building. The building's still there today. I believe it's still abandoned by the looks of it. But a few weeks ago, I was in there just imagining if those walls could talk the stories that they could tell of what God did in the beginning of the Assemblies of God in this town. I believe that God has done incredible things in our past. God's hand has been upon our church. There's been promises and great words of God spoken over this church that have yet to be fulfilled. And there have been hard times. There's been difficult challenge. There's likely even been seasons where there's been a reaping of what has been sown through unbelief and disobedience, similar as was with the children of Israel. But today we're going to celebrate because over the last year, what God has done in our church is nothing short of miraculous. In fact, he's done the opposite of just saying status quo is good enough. He said, get ready. Because there's promises that are about to be fulfilled. I believe that what God is going to do is bigger than what he's already done. I believe the future of where he's taking us is more than what we've already seen. There's been words that have been spoken over our church that have yet to be fulfilled. There's been promises that God has spoken that we haven't seen come to pass yet. And I believe that we're on the beginning of receiving those promises, seeing those things come to happen. I want to share with you some of what God has done in 2018 at New Life Church. And you can look around and you can see the physical transformation. We forget sometimes how, uh, you know, as we see things repeatedly, how much of a change there's been. But you can look at the new doors as you walked in this morning and the new signs and the paint in different areas, how exciting the kids' church area is and the nursery, all those kinds of things. But I want to share with you some additional miraculous things. And these are all in the annual report. You'll hear more about it tonight. But in 2017... New Life Church, our average attendance was 22 people. And I want to tell you, we were very excited about those 22 people because that was growth for us at the time. God had done some incredible things and began to see new people coming. And we were really excited because 22 was five or six or seven or eight more than we'd had in the past. And so that was an exciting time to be at 22. But I want you to know that for 2018, our average attendance was 68, but that's that's good. But I want to share with you, by the end of 2018, our average was 91 people, and that's 413% growth. Can you put your hands together and thank God for what he did in that short amount of time? In 2017, we had six salvations and two baptisms. And I remember a statement that was made by a gentleman here in our church one morning that we had two salvation decisions on a Sunday morning. He said those two salvation decisions are probably more than we had in the entire previous year. But in 2018, we saw 65 salvation decisions and nine baptisms. Once again, would you just thank God for that 65 lives, 65 people that made decisions for Christ. In 2017, we had 30 people on Easter and 32 on Christmas. And we were excited about 30 and 32 because we were averaging 22. 
But in 2018, we had 86 people on Easter and 102 on Christmas. It was incredible. In 2017, we had four kids on Sundays on average. In 2018, we averaged 17 kids in our children's ministry. In 2017, you can get excited and clap anytime you want to. In 2017, we had two youth kids. In 2018, we have a pack of them. In just a few weeks, Pastor Hannah's launching a youth night, and it's incredible to see. I remember taking John Mark to youth convention two years ago and saying, you know what, we're going to be back in a year with a youth group. And this past year, we were back with a youth group and a youth pastor and seeing God do incredible things in, the, in their lives. And we believe it's just the beginning of what's going to happen. God is doing great things at New Life Church, but he's just beginning. And I believe that we're going to see this evening, and what we'll see this evening will be the beginning of the fulfillment of some incredible things that God has promised to us. So I want to share with you some thoughts today from Joshua chapter 1 that pertain to our church and to what I believe that God wants to do within our city. And the first of those is that I believe this is a new day for New Life Church. I believe this is a new day for New Life Church. God spoke over the children of Israel while they were still mourning over what they had lost. Moses is dead, you can imagine what that must have meant and felt like to the people. They've been 40 years in wanderings, but God says to them, it's a new day. Get ready. One version says, arise and go. And I love that. Come on, get up and be, get prepared to walk into everything that I have for you. And I believe that's exactly what God is saying to New Life Church today. He's saying, get ready. It's not a time to look back on what used to be or to mourn the things of the past. It's time to arise and go into all the things that he's promised to us and all the things that have been spoken over this church. I declare that the past of this church will not determine the future of New Life Assembly of God. Today is a new day. God's purpose for this church is bigger than who our past leader was or what things happened in the past. God has a purpose for this church and for this community. And New Life Church, it's time to rise and go. Get ready. The second thing I want you to know today is that there's territory for our church to occupy. Verse 3 that we read just a few minutes ago, it says a promise. I will give you every place where you set your foot as I promised Moses. God's going to fulfill those promises that he's spoken. There's territory that he wants us to occupy. There's things that he wants us to do. God was telling the, the people about the promised land and the territory that he had for them. And let me tell you, this wasn't just something that he promised to Moses. This goes back all the way to Abraham and to Isaac and Jacob. These were things that have been spoken long ago that those people may not even have known about. I guarantee you that there's words that have been spoken over this church that you don't even know. There's promises that were spoken that we have no idea of, but God is faithful and he's going to fulfill every one of them because that's the kind of God that we serve. Every place that they would step foot, the territory wasn't limited. You read the boundaries of it. It was massive. Also, these territories were not empty territories. God begins to talk about the peoples that live there and the inhabitants. He begins to tell them that no one will be able to stand against them. And I want to tell you, he had to tell them that because there were people there that weren't going to be too happy about what God was saying. There were some strongholds that would have to be overcome. There was going to be impact beyond just them. And there's some lessons for us today about the territory that God wants us to occupy. The lessons are, number one, that there is a territory that God wants to give to us. And there will be some strongholds and some principalities that we have to dethrone along the way, but we don't have to do it through our own power. God's promised to be with us. Ephesians 6, 12 through 13, it tells us our struggles not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers and against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the armor of God. 
God's given us everything we need. God's promised to be with us, but there may be a battle ahead. Likely there will be, and we've got to be prepared to face that. We understand it's a spiritual battle, not a physical one. This is going to change the atmosphere of our city and impact people. God never puts a church in a community just for the believers. That's not a church. That's a Christian club, and that's not who God has called us to be. He's called us to be a church that makes a difference on the community around us. That's why we've been talking about loving our city and loving our neighbors, because that's God's plan. The church is the hope of the world. God wants to use us to impact people around us. Come on. I love the confession of, of Peter about Jesus in Matthew chapter 16. And Jesus says, Upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I'm going to give you the keys to the kingdom. How many want the keys to the kingdom? Amen. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound, and whatever you loose on earth will be loose in heaven. What if we began to declare that over our city and believe that God was speaking that to our church about Laramie, Wyoming? What if we began to bind hopelessness and despair? What if we began to declare that suicide has no place within our city? What if we began to say that racism is bound in this city and it's going to be bound on heaven? Come on. What if we began to take God in his word and say that God's going to use us in incredible ways beyond what happens inside these four walls? I love the story also where Jesus heals the demon-possessed man and he sends him back to his city. He sends him back to his own zip code to tell them everything that God had done for him. What happens in our lives, what happens inside our church when 65 people make a decision to make Jesus Christ the Lord of their life. That's not just something that we celebrate here. Rightly, we should. It's celebrated in heaven and we'll celebrate it here. But it's got to impact beyond what happens inside these four walls in order for us to fulfill and take the territory that God has for us. There's others that are in need of what we have. I love this quote. It says this, the local church is indeed the hope of the world. There's nothing like the local church when it's working right. Its beauty is indescribable. Its power is breathtaking. Its potential is unlimited. It comforts the grieving and heals the broken in context of community. It builds bridges to seekers and opens its arms to the forgotten, the downtrodden, the disillusioned. It breaks chains of addiction, frees the oppressed, and offers belonging to the marginalized of this world. The potential of the local church is almost more than I can grasp. This morning, we've got a special guest with us today, and I've invited him because we've been talking over the last six weeks about loving our city and loving our neighbor, and there's no one that embodies this in the city of Laramie more than my friend Tim. And some of you have met him and seen him and has been a part of several of our outreach events. It's blown me away the friendship and relationship that I've had with this guy because he's come and partnered alongside of us in some of our outreach events. And some of you don't know, he's an undercover pastor. Tell you more about that in a minute. And he's come alongside of us at some of our outreach events and handed out snow cones and said, Why don't you come to New Life Church on Sunday morning? It's an incredible thing because God's called him here to raise up a church in Laramie as well. And, and I'm going to have him come and share a little bit about what his story is and how God has used that to bring him here and what it's looked like for him to love his city and love his neighbor and, and some exciting news that's coming about the future. So would you guys give a huge hand for Pastor Tim as he comes and shares with us a little bit about what is going on in Laramie. Thank you, Matt. Matt and I have become very good friends in a very short amount of time. Uh, he and his family moved here just a few months before uh, I moved. Um, and uh, we think that it's actually because there is just a shortage of larger, attractive, male-bearded, bald men. Um, and we just feel like that's the way to impact 
No, I'm totally teasing. If you could have done that Dallas Cowboys fans and Laramie, that Come on. No, I'm just teasing. It's because there is something brewing. There is something stirring. Look at your heads. You're not, I'm done. You already sense it. And you sense it because of two main reasons. One, because of your personal journey. You wouldn't be here this morning if you didn't have a personal journey. You wouldn't be here if you didn't have your story. I have my story. My story might be similar to yours. It might not. As I describe myself, you might find a way to relate. But at the core, our story relates to our journey. Our journey probably has some pain. And the pain where we find each other is where the cross makes sense. Right? Yes. Undercover pastor. All right, I'll take that, if you will. Uh, my uh, background, my heritage, my career path um, has been in full-time ministry, youth and family advocacy, primarily in the Church of the Nazarene. Uh, you may not know what the Church of the Nazarene is. It's not that much different from the Sundays of God, Methodist, Baptist. It's a denomination. It's a holiness movement on purpose to spread the gospel of Christ. Do we do everything the same? No, that's okay, but we're not all the same. If you stood up here and looked out and saw what I see, you could see the humor of God. It's an amazing thing. I mean, the creativity of God. I'm sorry. No. Wow. Um, wow. Coffee. I tell you this morning, we're in a journey together, and God has brought me to Laramie, Wyoming, and I never, ever thought I would end up in Laramie, Wyoming. I'm a born and raised Oklahoma Sooner. I mean, hold that against me if you want to. That's okay. I was transplanted to Denver, Colorado in 1995 with our family for full-time youth and family ministry. And over the course of that time, there was a lot of journey, a lot of story, a lot of pain, even a lot of healing, if you will. And a year ago, a year and a half ago, maybe God saw fit to reach out to this single dad of three adult children ordained the church of Nazarene to say, hey, are you ready for a new adventure? And I thought, hmm, I think I am. I'm a little worn out on Denver, to tell you the truth. That traffic is driving me nuts. Um, I wish I would have walked everywhere instead of drive, but you can't do that. I can do a little more of that here. I probably should if I really was honest with you. I was drawn to this community so quickly in the first few weeks I was here. And I was also intrigued because I had been called and asked to come here to restart a Nazarene work. There used to be a church of Nazarene here years ago. Uh, it closed about three and a half years ago. It used to meet out on uh, off Old Corthell Road. You can see it from the highway. Um, in fact, there might have been some of you that were with us about three, four weeks ago now at the combined night of worship that was actually held over there at the Rock Church, which used to be the Nazarene Church. I'll come back to that in a minute. I, I stand before you compelled to testify that God is going to do things the way God wants to do things. Amen. And we live and operate sometimes in this world of church and sometimes a box, if you will, that I think God wants to kind of get us out of from time to time. I know that's the kindred spirit that Matt and I have found. God brought me Matt in an early, early month of being here along with two or three other pastors in town that we might have all looked at each other and thought we're kind of the redheaded stepchildren of the, of the community of pastors in this town. But we found a joy and a fulfillment. And a, and, a, and a brotherhood that, i got to tell you, I've never experienced in 30-plus years of full-time ministry. And I want to tell you why that is. It's because God's going to need everybody. 
I learned things. You've known things about this state for as long as you've been here. It, it amazes me that it, the state claims to be 80% unchurched, and Laramie is not that far off that statistic. It amazes me that in my research, I thought we had about 25 churches in town. I show up January 2018, and I'm blown away to discover 43 established churches in this community, 40 of which all meet about this time. Meeting a need that is obviously there for those that want it. And the most crazy, unpopular, career-risking thought came to mind. Does Laramie really need another church? Oh, yes. Now, that would be an occupational hazard for a guy like me that uh, looks at it as a career. But does he need a, a, the, the same, the same look? A similar, I don't know, but I can tell you within the first eight weeks of living here, God blew my mind. He blew my mind to the reality of what church can look like in many different ways. We do have the hope. We are relaunching the Nazarene Church here in town sometime this year. It's called Laramie Connections Church. But before that, God revealed a vision to us for what we call lasso events. And we have had some interaction. Maybe some of you guys, we have met each other here uh, on this property, at the football tailgating, at Wash Park, at different areas where we've been side by side. Lasso exists to connect those in need with those who can serve. I'm sorry, I guess I could call that it exists for the gospel of Jesus. But sometimes people don't realize they're encountering Jesus. And that's kind of a cool place to be. I want you to know that we believe that right now in Laramie, there's not just a stirring. Because if it was just a stirring, you wouldn't have had the report you just had, and you're going to get tonight later through your pastor. That's not a stirring. That's a recipe for greatness, for holiness to be spread, and I am so thrilled to be a part of it. In the few short moments I have, I just want to encourage you that there is a movement going on between some of the pastors in town and congregations that are like-minded. Would you raise your hand if you're at that community worship night? Go ahead. Now look around. See all the hands. All right. Oh my wow. I mean, that's all I have to say. That was an amazing eight churches, six different worship bands, and what, almost two and a half hours, right? 280 people. Did you realize that? You cannot tell me that there is not something stirring in this town. And I'm the new guy. And you can hear the excitement in my voice. I'm curious about the excitement in a community's voice, a community of faith. Community of faith that, from what I can understand over the last couple of decades at least, has not always played nice together. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just empire versus kingdom. That's the phrasing me and my buds like to use. We're about the kingdom of God. Amen. Not our own empire. It's not the empire of the Assemblies of God. It's not the empire of, of the independent Christian, the empire of the Nazarene. It is the kingdom of heaven. On earth. Amen. Know what Jesus said? Yes. Now this box. Now this box. And I would call this box church. And I'm not saying it's a bad box. Within this box is a lot of tradition and heritage. And I do not want to shy away from those things. It's the core of who I am. It's the core of what I believe. And in this box, it might represent the four walls. But let's just, we'll just call it the box. And oftentimes we get creative. What do we say we're being? We're being what? Outside, Outside the, box. the box. We're just kind of jumping out real quick. We're jumping, but we've got to get back in in order to maybe be accepted 
or to be safe or to feel good about ourselves. But there's a part of us that wants to live outside the box. That's where I feel. That's where I want to live. I don't turn my back on what the Lord has done for me because he's done more than I deserve. But I believe that outside the box is where the gospel resonates. Not just to bring people within, but to build this kingdom. Now there's some people that want to exist as if the box doesn't exist. And they throw all caution to the wind. And we come too much like what we want to be. And sometimes become what we didn't intend. And so where Lasso is and what our intent is with serving our community is simply taking the DNA of Christ's love and infusing it into the idea of community service. And i got to be honest with you, I use this phrase sometimes, sometimes I stumble into brilliance. <laughs> and I realize it's just God's spirit grabbing me at a moment when I'm vulnerable enough, trusting enough, and maybe daring enough to be used in a way brand new. We've been able to encounter organizations in town, nonprofits, civic, schools, for-profit businesses, other faith-based organizations that simply just need volunteers. And in doing so, I've found people that are looking to give their time and energy in a new way, in a new day, just didn't know where to go. It's not rocket science. It's the idea of roping together these groups and organizations to come together for a common purpose. And at the end of the day, they've encountered Jesus, whether they realize it or not. For us, with Laramie Connections Church, that's our hope. As we begin to meet more regularly and on a basis of growing, that, that DNA will be who we are. This is a group of volunteers that we had at 4th of July event. Um, that's our branding. You maybe have seen that around. I think the next picture is actually a picture of one of our vehicles um, that has uh, one of our trailers attached to it. So we were granted some great funds, and we don't have a church building. We don't have a group of people, really. So ironically, what do we do? We decide to go. This trailer's a great resource. We've had it at some of your events and others. The front half is all packed out with event-oriented stuff. Tables, chairs, grills, sound system, video, volleyball, basketball, you name it, generator. The back is all work project-oriented. So the shovels, the rakes, the wheelbarrows, snowblowers, lawnmowers, you name it. Promote community, limit excuse. That's where we're at in the kingdom work. We must promote this community together and then limit the excuse of what we're doing together. So let me tell you what that is to me. To me, it's not getting rid of the box. It's not even really outside the box. It's just finding a place to kind of tear down the walls of the box. All right. See, I knew that was going to happen. The last one. All right and make this foundation where we stand. I want to be on the box, willing to move freely in a roundabout. And that happens more so when our community of faith comes together. That's what the five of us have found in our pastoral relationship. That's why I believe churches are beginning to find night of worship, these kind of things. It's going to happen. The reports for your new day tonight are indicative of what God is wanting to do. I agree that the local church is what it can be and, and can be what it is. But a community of local churches can change a community. And that's where we are. I'd ask you to pray for us as we continue to move forward. 
Lasso has been an amazing blessing. It's nothing, it's so outside my box, if you will. I, I'm having so much fun. And as we start to turn the attention more of how some of those relationships start to segue into a church gathering, I really ask you to pray for us. I've told Derek and Matt and some of you, my hope and prayer is that when those conversations start happening, some of that relational equity starts getting to be spent, people aren't going to go, hey, wait a minute. You're a pastor. This is a, it's a church thing. No. My hope is that they've already experienced a love they couldn't explain. And they've experienced it from fingertips of relationships together. I know that where we're headed is, is an exciting day. I, I believe that we're not intended to recreate the wheel. There's great stuff happening all over. When we look for a partner, we don't look to try and do what that partner has done. We want to come alongside what they're doing amazing. Part of our approach moving forward is that we believe on one side, since there are 40 churches meeting at a certain time, maybe church number 44 could meet a different time. It has to meet on purpose, and it has to meet a need. So one of the things that we're moving forward on is we're looking at the idea that we have Epson Center and Soup Kitchen that offer incredible meal plans and opportunities to a community that needs that during the week. But they don't offer that on the weekends. So our hope, our vision is that where we find a place to land, that we would have a kitchen facility enough that we could prepare some mobile meals on Saturday using lasso volunteers or other volunteers that have worked, and, and that's supporting what Connection Church is about. And that it might transition in on a Sunday full meal open to the community, segueing into a gathering much like what you have here, followed by dessert. you got to hook them with dessert. You know I hope you hear my heart. I hope you hear a heart that's shared, maybe with a little bit of a different voice, a little bit of take, similar look as your pastor. And I have to say today how much I honor you and thank you so much for loving on my friend and his family because that shows the heart of this community. I've really gotten away from my notes, but I do want you to know that in Luke 22, there was a dispute in the church. Can you believe that? The disciples were wondering, hey, who's best? I don't have to read it for you. The simplicity of it is this. He who is greatest among you will serve. That's who we are, church. And in Laramie, we are going to continue to see an amazing, great, great day. I wouldn't be a good guest speaker if I didn't come with some freebies. So find me at the end. I'd love to give you one of our little whoop hoop bracelets just to let you wear. Put on the gear shift or something. I've got some business cards. But so proud to be with you in this great day, moving forward, excited for what God's doing. We'd love to work with you more and more. So any questions, but thank you. It's a blessing to be with you today. So he's an undercover pastor, and God's given him this vision for an undercover dinner church. And uh, it's pretty awesome, pretty incredible. I'll tell you, seeing him serve in this community, I was excited when I met him because he got here after I did, so I wasn't the newest pastor in town. I'm like, there's someone that's newer than me. But I can tell you, I, I quickly got jealous because he knew way more people than I did around town. I tell you, there's pastors that have been in town many, many more years than he and I have been in town that don't have near the influence and the connections and the relationships that he has as a result of loving his city, loving his neighbor, and serving 
in some incredible ways. And I'm just believing God is, is opening some doors uh, facility-wise and giving uh, some more vision and ideas and, and some tangible things are, are beginning to happen that are really, really incredible. He's got some strategic meetings over the next several weeks. And we're just believing that God's going to continue to open those doors and that what's going to happen as a result of his faithfulness through Laramie Connections Church is just going to be another church that's taking the territory that God has intended right. for them. Would you do me a favor? Would you stretch out a hand? We're just going to pray. Uh, over him, over Lasso Events, over Laramie Connections Church. We want to see this church be all that God has for it to be. God, we just come to you right now. We thank you for the vision and for the assignment that you've given to Pastor Tim. We thank you for his faithfulness in this community, his willingness to serve. God, to serve when it's brought him uh, very little in return other than just connections and, and, uh, and relationships and opportunities for him to be Jesus with skin on in this community. And God, I pray that as he's having these strategic meetings over the next several weeks, as this, this idea of this church is being birthed out and uh, becoming a reality, that God, you would open the right doors that you have for him for location for strategic partnerships and relationships for musicians and people that will cook and come alongside Lord just give him everything that he needs so that he can accomplish the vision that you have called him to God we're so thankful for him and others like him that have been called to this community and we believe that there is a territory in Laramie Wyoming that you have for Laramie Connection Church and we want to see it happen Lord, we just speak blessing over him. We pray that you would use him in incredible ways and that many would come to know you as a result of that ministry. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. I want you to know today that other churches are not our competition. We're all on the same team. There, there's territory in this city for, for all of the church, for church with a capital C to occupy. There's territory in this city for the kingdom of God. And some of it, God is going to use Laramie Connections Church to occupy. I believe it. I believe we're going to see it. I believe we're already seeing the beginnings of it. Some of it, God is going to use Whitewater Church to occupy and Expedition Church and New Life Church. And we're not in competition with each other or against each other. Our battle is not against flesh and blood, but against the principalities and powers of this world. And God's got something that he wants for us, we've just got to be willing to go after it. The next thing I want you to know is we've got to be strong and courageous. We have to model faith. The first generation got in trouble because of unbelief and disobedience. It was the opposite of being strong and courageous. The people here are at the, the border of crossing the Jordan River and they had to do it in faith. They didn't know how it was all going to play out. But God gave them everything that they needed. And he said, as I was with Moses, I'm going to be with you. There was, this wasn't going to have to happen as a result of their own strength or their own abilities. He said three times, be strong and courageous. Be strong and very courageous. Haven't I commanded you to be strong and courageous? I am with you. The best is yet to come. Amen. There's a lot of alternatives to being Strong and courageous. We saw that lived out of the first generation of the Israelites grumbling and complaining. The first generation said we might as well go back to Egypt or why can't we just die? Moses said well, we could just stay here where we are. But God says be strong and courageous. He says arise and go into everything that I have for you. New Life Church today, God's calling us to be strong and courageous. He's calling us into new territory. Pastor Tim, God's calling you into a new season to the unknown. Be strong and courageous. God's promise to go with us and never leave us and never forsake us. The response, I love that we read the command in, in Joshua 1.9 to be strong and courageous, but I love the response that comes in verse 16 of the same chapter. The people respond. These are the, the children, the grandchildren of the people that had grumbled and complained and wanted to go back. But these people, the second generation, they say in verse 16, 
Whatever you ask, we're willing to do. Wherever you want us to go, whatever you want to send us to do, we're willing to do it. And willing hearts are a requirement for God to fulfill his promise. God is not going to force you to trust him. He's not going to force you to be blessed. He invites us into his plan for our lives. He invites us into a relationship. He invites us to take the territory that he has for us. But we have to have willing hearts. We've got to be strong and courageous and trust that God has a plan in it all. Finally, I want to share with you that God uses unlikely people to fulfill his plan. There's no doubt that people would have wondered how how God could use them. Joshua, no doubt, he looked at himself and he said, I'm not a Moses. He no doubt looked at himself and and, and said that all the things that God had done in Moses' life, how could he possibly measure up and and fill those shoes? How could he become anything similar to Moses? But you see, he probably wasn't looking at the Moses that began out stuttering, that began out uh, doubting God, that began out in hiding, that began out wondering uh, what what God was going to do in his life, that began out murdering Egyptians. He never saw all that. He wasn't looking at those things. He wasn't looking at the transformation that God had done in the life of Moses. In the same way, God was doing something in the life of Joshua. He was calling him to step up and be the person that God intended him to be. I love how God chose to fulfill his plan for the children of Israel in chapter 2, verse 1. Right after they give them this command, right after they say, whatever you want, we're willing to do it. We've got willing hearts. Then chapter 2, verse 1, it says, So they went and they entered the house of a prostitute named Rahab. God is able to use the most unlikely of people to accomplish his purpose. And I want you to know today, if God can use Joshua, if God can use Moses, if God can use a prostitute named Rahab, then he can use us to accomplish his plan. I said last week that God doesn't choose extraordinary people to accomplish his purpose. Ordinary people become extraordinary as we choose to obey God. And I believe that's true in this church, that God wants to use us as ordinary people to accomplish his purpose, to fulfill those things that he's spoken about over this church. Why does God do the things that he does? Why does he use the people that he does? Are you sure that that God wants to use me? Are you sure that God wants me to be a member of a church? I don't know. That's not what my life has looked like in the past. Are you sure, God, that you want me to be on the worship team? God, do you really want me to serve as a deacon? I know that if God can use a prostitute named Rahab, that he can use you if you have a willing heart. Will you stand with me all over this place? I believe that God's calling us to a new season that this is a new day for New Life Assembly of God. I believe that old things have passed away, and behold, all things have become new. That God is making them new, just as we sang about a little while ago. I want to challenge you today, if there's things from the past, some of you have been here and been a part of this church for a long time, and I want to encourage you, if there's things from the past that you've held on to, old offenses or bitterness or unforgiveness, now is the time to let go. It's no longer time to mourn the things of the past. It's no longer time to look back to what used to be. God's calling us to a new day and a new season. It's time to rise and go. There's a territory that God wants us to occupy. And I want us to just raise our hands all over this place and begin to declare over this city and over this church and over our family and over your school or over your place of employment that God, I'm willing. God, use me in those places. Whatever you want to accomplish through me, God, I'm willing. I have a willing heart and I'm going to move forward in whatever you have for me. New Life Church, I'm calling you to be strong and courageous because God, who has promised us, he's faithful and he's with us. He's going to walk with us into this new season. We don't do it in our own strength. What's happened over the course of the last year is not a result of any human ability or human leadership. It's it's purely a miraculous, sovereign move of God. I believe that with all of my heart. And God wants to take us forward to even greater things. Are we willing? 
God's going to use this church, and I'm talking about us as people, individual people. God's going to use us, although we may see ourselves as unlikely. God wants to use us to accomplish his purpose in this city. So as Jesse leads us, I just want to challenge you and encourage you today to lift your hands all over this place and to begin to declare these things over your life over your family and over this church. And with a willing heart, would you just say, God, we're ready. We want to walk in to this new season. We want all that you have for us. We want to be the church that you've called us to be. We want to be a part of the church with a big C that wants to, to move forward God's kingdom in this city. Come on, would you just begin to declare that today? Yeah. 
the earth, the earth, the earth. Come on, New Life Church. It's time to get ready. It's time to rise up and to go into all that God has for us. God, I just pray over this church that we would with willing hearts respond to you, that we would with willing hearts respond to all that you have for us. God, we believe that you are a God that fulfills your word. You keep your promises. And God, we believe there's promises regarding this church that have yet to be fulfilled. We believe today that as we gather this evening to celebrate all you've done, as we gather this evening to see our church move forward, as a result of the miraculous things that you've done, that God, we're entering into a new season, and that you're going to use us in greater ways, and you're going to give us a greater influence, not just inside this building, not just within our church body, but God, within our community, that we're going to see the chains broken, that we're going to see fear stop holding us back from all that we have, the shame and, and the, the things that, that operate in the city, those principalities and powers are going to be bound. On, on earth and in Laramie as they are in heaven. God, we pray that your kingdom would come in our lives, that your kingdom would come in Laramie, that your will would be done in Laramie as it is in heaven. God, use us to fulfill your purpose for our lives and for this church, God. Lord, I pray that we would remain faithful, that we would not become full of unbelief and disobedient and by so have to, to reap the consequences of our own doubt and unbelief that, God, we would be with willing hearts ready for whatever it is that you have for us, that we would be ready to cross the Jordan and take the territory that you have for us, that we'd be faithful in the small things that you've entrusted to us, God, believing that there's greater things that you have for us in the future. God, use this church. We give ourselves to you. We give this church to you. We desire for your will to be done and your kingdom to come. Lord, we thank you. We love you. Would you put your hands together and just worship him this morning? Stand on the stand and go make sure.